plenty. But of course you are. Plenty are too. Named after your father, perhaps. Hi, this is Lana Wood. I was Plenty O'Toole in Diamonds Are Forever, but nevertheless, you can see this, hear this. You can't see it. Well, maybe you can if you're really special on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. $267,000. I'll shuttle for one dance with Domino. Can you play any other tune? Something we're making for the Americans. It's called a ghetto blaster. May I cut in? It's a charming tune. Welcome to the 15th episode of Bond Music, six of the best, our ongoing series discussing the Bond movie soundtracks. Rated the number five James Bond podcast in the world by the good folks at feedspot.com. We're going to ride that horse for a while. <laughs> but hey, you know who's going to ride with me is my co-host. I, of course, am Jared Albrick, a.k.a. The Death Probe. Some know me as the Yard Sailors, but I don't do this by myself. I've got my best friend in the whole world. Alan J. Porter is back. Welcome back, Alan. I was going to say thank you, Van, then. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's because the last one I did was with Van. Nice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jared. Um, <laughs> thank you, Jared. It's great to be back. And uh, 15th episode of this, but I do actually just want to give a shout out to the fact that you mentioned on Twitter the other day that we've actually done 100 episodes on the network, on the Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast Network now. Uh, to me, that's pretty amazing that we've hit the, hit the yeah. century for the podcast on the network. So thanks to everybody who's been with us along the journey, listened with us, sent messages, left reviews, posted stuff on Twitter, all the kind remarks, and a few of the other ones as well. Um, <laughs> thanks a lot. It's been great. And here's to a, another 100 to come, I guess. Absolutely. Well, we'll still be waiting to review the uh, No Time to Die soundtrack by the time we get to it. <laughs> Someday, the 100 episodes, the bulk of which are made up of the movie reviews, you and Van did sort of the serious reviews and then me and the rookie agents uh did the less serious <laughs> reviews <laughs> and then of course we've got rogue agent shows we've got the music shows we've got specials and interviews so yeah our, our hundred episode back catalog is full of good stuff if you haven't experienced it just scroll back and check it out well let's get back to the six of the best now how does this work it's complicated but i do my best <laughs> to explain it on every episode and you do a good job. Oh, I try. Alan has got the lead this week. So Alan's going to take us through the history of not only the theme song, but the score itself. When we get to the score, Alan gets to pick his three favorite tracks. I will pick from the three remaining tracks. That's where we get the six of the best from. And then after that, Alan has a bonus track for us for this episode. And I'm looking forward to all of it. So you will get six of the best plus 
the theme song, plus the bonus track for a total of eight. It's like a bonus every episode. This month, we're fanning out the cards and going all in with the music of Casino Royale. And as always, we are indebted to John Burlingame's excellent book, The Music of Bond, as a primary resource. So as we always say, if you don't already have a copy, go check it out and get yourself one. It is the essential book on the music of James Bond, at least up until Quantum of Solace. I don't know what we're going to do after that because we're getting close to the end of the book. But uh, <laughs> thank you, John. Uh, we couldn't do this this show without you so far. So um, for today's episode, we're moving into the Daniel Craig era. But we're still continuing with David Arnold. So David Arnold, as the composer, is staying on, even though they're actually changing the lead actor. And actually, David Arnold was invited to participate on the next Bond film shortly after Die Another Day wrapped, even before they decided what the next film was going to be, or even knew there was going to be a new Bond. So I think he's probably one of the first ones who's actually been involved or got the green light that early, even John Barry used to wait until they had another project. I know at that point they were doing them a lot closer together, but David Arnold was the first one. And in fact, he's the first composer who became actively involved, not only in the process for the movie, but in the process of finding a new lead actor for the part of James Bond. He became part of that uh, interview and tryout process that led to the hiring of Daniel Craig. He scored the screen tests using a combination of the cues from from Russia with Love plus some of his own work and sort of put them together for the screen test, which is interesting because I never actually realized that they added a score to the screen test. I know the famous oh. screen test for Bond is this scene from, from Russia with Love. There's the bedroom scene in from, from Russia with Love. They've like screen tested everybody with that scene. But uh, it never really struck my mind that they would actually score the screen tests, but I guess they do. And David Arnold was part of that process, which is pretty cool. Um, it would be interesting some point at some point maybe to, if we could, hear the, the David Arnold screen test score. That would be interesting, yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, once they'd chosen uh, the blonde Bond and everybody was screaming about it, we got a movie that turned out to be one of the best in the whole franchise. I know it ranks for a lot of people as the best. It's certainly in my top three. A really good movie, as it turned out. And Casino Royale ended up with 91 minutes of music. But the interesting thing about Casino Royale, of course, was the decision made that Daniel Craig's character would not become the James Bond until the end of the movie. So we got no gun barrel. And they also decided that they were not going to use the James Bond theme in its entirety until right at the end of the movie, which is the first time he says that my name's James, is Bond, James Bond. I think I'd get that one right, wouldn't you? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we got little snippets of the Bond theme throughout. And we'll talk a bit more about that, I think, when we get into some of our picks. But you don't actually get to hear the full Bond theme until the very end of the movie. This was something of a controversial idea among the Bond crew. And one of the most vocal people who decided he did not think this was a good idea was a certain guy called uh, Sean Connery, apparently. He did not... uh, I don't know what he knows about James Bond. (laughs) It was a very good idea. But gladly, I think it was proved wrong. I think he actually works really well. The other thing with being involved really early was that uh, they were actually still editing the movie and moving things around while David Arnold was scoring it. And a couple of the uh, key scenes were actually removed while he was scoring it, which meant he had to go back and do some rewrites because he had some cues that were picking up off on the scenes that never ended up making it onto the screen. So he had to do a few rewrites. The other interesting thing, and we sort of talked about it in the last few ones, is that you know through the later Pierce Brosnan ones, David Arnold's approach was really to keep pushing the envelope a little bit on the technology side, getting a bit more techno 
and a bit more complex with each movie, bringing in more synths, more electronic stuff. But as Casino Royale was basically a reset of the movie, a reboot of the franchise, um, he also took a more traditional and simple approach to the score, and he ditched many of the elements that he'd actually been working on over the last three movies and really went back to a more basic approach, which I think gives this score a more timeless John Barry-type quality to it. The others are great, but they're very much of their time. This one really stands the test of time, and it is more of a classic. It was recorded by a 78-piece orchestra in the last week of September 2006, and then they did a final recording session in early October 2006 for a couple of their last-minute fixes. There's a couple of interesting, other interesting things about the soundtrack. The soundtrack album contains a generous 74 minutes of music from the movie, I don't know which version Jared's got. His has probably got 367 minutes of music. It does. It does, including all those screen test themes. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know what we're referencing, listen to the last episode. But so, yeah, the soundtrack album has uh, 74 minutes of music. But interesting, they, 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 there was this whole thing called online and downloading that was popular at the time. So they also released 14 extra minutes commercially available through download, an official download. So this actually made this the most music that you could legally buy that was commercially available for any Bond score. And I think it sort of comes out at around 98% of the music that was on screen you could actually purchase. That's made it the most commercially available music from any Bond score to date. So uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the score overall, Jared? Uh, my CD has 162 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, overall, you nailed it. This one, when I listened to it in preparation for the show, really put me in mind of Barry. Just this sounds like an homage to Barry. You know, going back, it makes sense if you're going to go back to James Bond's roots to go to back to the more basic Bond sound. And I think they were very successful with it. I enjoyed the re-listen. Yeah, me too. So another part of this sort of going back to basics was the um, decision around the, the theme song as well. Early on, it was decided... Uh, having cast Daniel Craig, that they really wanted the theme song to be a reflection of the new Bond's personality, Daniel Craig's personality, and who they were setting the character up to be. So they wanted something that was a bit tougher, harsh. They wanted a male, strong male-driven vocal with a rock edge. And it was the head of worldwide music for Sony, Leah Vol- Volak. I apologize if I mangled the last name, but I think it's Leah Volak, who was head of worldwide music for Sony. She su- suggested they talked to Chris Cornell. So Chris Cornell had meetings with the director, Martin Campbell, and with David Arnold, and watched some of the early footage that they shot to get a feel for the movie. And then interestingly, he and David Arnold went off separately and both started writing up separate ideas before they came back together to finalize the song. And David Arnold says that when they got back together, his quote was, it was as if we'd written two parts of the same song. So interesting, they both come away from the screenings with pretty much the same feel. Same idea. So the title, You Know My Name, was David Arnold's idea, along with working in many of the classic Bond musical motifs that you hear. And while Cornell provided most of the lyrics, which he got from the the movie's card-playing gambling theme throughout. And Cornell had also gone off and read the Fleming novel for inspiration, which is the first time I've seen any research that suggests any of the singers had actually gone back to the source material, other than Paul McCartney. I know Paul McCartney went and read Live and Let Die over a weekend before he wrote with the theme song. So the only two people I know who actually went actually back to the Fleming were Paul McCartney and Chris Cornell. Are you sure Madonna didn't? Oh, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure she read the whole 14 <laughs> Fleming novels. Yeah. I'm sure you'll find the words analyze and this somewhere in Fleming. <laughs> somewhere in there. <laughs> 
Okay, so they pulled them together. Apparently, Chris Cornell was really worried that the producers were going to tell him that the song needed to be titled Casino Royale. David Arnold says it was actually really never in consideration, but I can understand because, I mean, pretty much that's how we ended up with the Thunderball song because they didn't like the fact, you know, the song title wasn't the title of the movie back then and they had to go off and write a song called Thunderball. So I can see why he was worried about it, but things have moved on since then and it was not really something that we're stuck to. So uh, instead we got You Know My Name, which I think works brilliantly for the song, works brilliantly for where we are in the franchise, works well for the reboot. So Cornell and Arnold got together and played all the guitars and bass themselves, and they brought in a session drummer. It was just the three of them, and they recorded a raw version that was played at the movie's rap party, with David Arnold later taking that and added in the orchestral layer, of which there are two versions with the orchestral layer on it. There's the one that you hear on the movie, which is a little more brass-heavy, and then the one that you hear on the records and the singles is slightly different, which I actually hadn't realized before, but when I went back and listened watch the beginning of the movie and then listen to what was on the sort of downloads. It's like, oh yeah, they are very, very slightly different. But personally, I'd love to hear that raw version without the orchestra, just the three of them on guitar, bass and, and drums that they played at the rap party. So uh, CD. yeah, I'm sure it's on your CD. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that was recorded. And one day we may get a legal version of that released someday, but uh, I'd love to hear that. So anyway, as usual, the people in the US had no taste. I don't know a good thing when it hits them in the face. So the single reached number 79 in the charts in the US, but it was nominated for a Grammy and it reached number seven in the UK. Interestingly, this is also the first time that the theme song isn't included on the soundtrack album. This was at the point really when the music marketing very much split from Sony music pushing the singles and the uh, theme songs and then the soundtrack being a very separate thing, which is a real shame. So Yeah, it's like... Yeah. The end of an era. I mean, you yeah. should, when you buy a Bond soundtrack, the theme song needs to be on there. Yeah. You buy the soundtrack of any movie. If a movie has a theme song, you expect it to be on the soundtrack album. But yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, not the case anymore. And this was the first time that happened with a Bond soundtrack. So what are your thoughts on the th- theme song, Jared? Or do you want to play it and then talk about it? Let's give it a listen. Like what it is When the storm arrives Would you 
I just love that theme song. It's right up there. Like the, the movie's right up there in my top three. Uh, that song is right up there in my top five theme songs. And again, it's another one I'll quite happily bop along to, howl along to. I just think it's perfect timing for this movie, perfect choice for this movie. Um, yeah, I think it's an absolute classic. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is a title song that has grown on me over time. When I first heard it, I thought, it's kind of generic. Kind of sounds like a generic rocker of that time. It didn't have enough Bondian sound for me. And I was just like, yeah, middle of the road on it. And then it's one of those songs that the more I hear it, the more I hear it, the more I like it. And what I've discovered recently is it's because the lyrics are so good. They are so really good. Arm yourself because no one else here will save you. You know, that's so, so James Bond. You know, you're not divine. You're just the next in line type of a deal. It's so Bondian in its lyrics. And it does shake hands really well with the film and the new vibe they were going for. So initially, I would have put this one as a middle of the packer. It has risen over the years with me, especially since I added it to my workout playlist. It's a great exercise song. It really gets the blood pumping and gets your energy going. So yeah, in the end, I ended up really liking this one. I do not care. I know we're not doing a movie review. I do not care for this movie as much as you do and as much as most do. It's a, it's a middle of the pack movie for me which is, I know is heresy in some circles. <laughs> I think it's okay. It, it's got its good points. It's got its not so good points for me, but the song is a strong one. Yeah. What's this workout thing that you mentioned? Dan? I, Sorry, I, something I no, I, no idea. What that is. They can't see us. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, this is my workout. <laughs> Easy. You pace yourself. <laughs> okay. So, hang on a minute. I just got a text message on my phone. What's these? E L L I P S I S. I have no idea what that means. Maybe we'll just listen to my three picks instead and just hope things don't blow up in the meantime. And if you got that joke, I'm sorry. Okay, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna kick off my first things with. One of my uh, wife's favorite quotes about Bond, she actually uses this term a lot when she talks about James Bond, that Bond should not be a character that you know all his backstory and that he's a, quote, blunt instrument, end quote, which is the title of this track. It's a term that how Fleming described Bond, and I think that's basically what they were going for, certainly in the start of the Craig run with, the, with this movie. I love this track. I think this sets up Craig's Bond perfectly well. This is the track when Bond arrives in Nassau, and it builds up. It's a nice intro, and it builds up to the first few hints of the Bond theme, but not all of the Bond theme, because we talked about that, that you're not going to get it until the end. And then it sort of merges into the main Casino Royale theme, which pretty much became instantly recognizable almost as a substitute Bond theme, I think. Let's give a listen to uh, the arrival in Nassau of Daniel Craig as James Bond in uh, Blunt Instrument. Thank you. 
So what do you make of that, Jared? I like it. It's kind of a sneaky Bond track. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's not him sneaking around, but it right. is. Just got that. It's a real subtle, subtle track. I don't think I would have noticed the hints of Bond theme in it if you didn't mention it. So I'm glad you did, because I <laughs> heard them in there. Yeah, there's only a couple They're of notes neat. here and there, but uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, if you're not, if your ears aren't out for him, you might not catch it. Cool. Yeah, I, like I said, I think it's a great intro to Daniel Craig's take on the character. And like I said, what I really like about this movie is the fact that that Casino Royale theme almost has become Daniel Craig's Bond theme. A lot of people complain that we, there is no Bond theme in the Daniel Craig movies you know, anymore. But I think the Casino, he sort of develops his own Bond theme, which I think really comes from David Arnold's Casino cues. Yes, I totally agree, as you will find out soon in my track picks. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's pick on, uh, let's pick on Jared. Now, let's uh, pick uh, my second track. This is a very emotional one for me. This is the part of the movie that brings tears to my eyes, and it's not the one you're thinking of. This is when they wreck that beautiful Aston Martin. It always gets me. I know that it was a world record and all that sort of stuff, but I actually think they did it really well within, within the framework of the movie. So we're going for my uh, my second track is the end of an Aston Martin, which is track 18 on uh, the CD. What I really like here is you get an increasing sense of urgency. You get a percussion variation of that main theme that we were just talking about, that Casino Royale theme, which really spirals into a high note when the car crashes. And then you get a sudden silence, which I think really underscores the car's destruction at that point. Let's listen to the end of a beautiful car. Okay, so thoughts on that one, Jared? I know you're not as emotionally attached to the vehicles as I am, but uh, what do you make of it? You don't have to be as strongly attached as you to to be sad when you see a car like that get torn up. But no, uh, another great, like you said, weaving in of the main theme song. We didn't see that in Die Another Day because, you know, they did the, the very Madonna production while David Arnold worked on the score. And we've seen a couple times where that's happened, where the theme song doesn't get woven in. And I think the soundtrack overall and this track as well just shows the value of having the composer involved in the theme song because it really makes that cohesive sound throughout the film. Yes, it does. I like it each time we hear it. So uh, it's good. 
All right, my final pick is actually I'm jumping right to the end of the movie. We talked about it a bit before, but I think my final pick is the last track. The name is Bond, James Bond. Got it right that time. And it's everything the movie's been leading up to visually, narratively, and musically, just getting to that end point where Daniel Craig utters those words and we actually get the Bond theme. But I think the track also pulls all the themes together that we've been hearing musically throughout the movie all come together on this one. So I have a, a little story to tell around this one, but because you know I can't go through one of these episodes without having a story. Um, <laughs> but let's listen to it first, and then we'll get back to the story. So back in September 2017, we had to go back to the UK for a family thing. And it just so happened that we were going back the same week that they were doing a live performance. The first time they'd ever done a live orchestra playing with Casino Royale at the Royal Albert Hall in London. So we tacked out an extra couple of days for our trip, went over a few days early. And instead of 
going straight to our, where our family live, we went into London for a couple of days and we're very lucky to be at the Albert Hall when they did the debut of a live orchestra playing with Casino Royale, the Casino Royale concert. Great venue, site of so many Bond premieres. It was amazing to be there. Before we went, we actually met up with a whole bunch of the James Bond radio crew in a local pub called Q, which was even better. Had a good meal, went to watch it. Started up before the movie, they introduced David Arnold, came out, they did a Q&A with David Arnold, which was pretty cool, and then the movie, which was awesome. It's interesting, I don't know if you've ever been to one of those things with a live orchestra in a movie, but you sort of have this thing of, do I watch the movie or do I watch the orchestra? And, <laughs> you know, where, where should I focus on? But it was cool. But right at the end with this track, when it got to the Vic Flick electric guitar, David Arnold actually walked out and he was playing the electric guitar piece for this track. So getting to see David Arnold play the Bond theme with that orchestra in the Albert Hall was just amazing. So whenever I hear the first few notes of the Bond theme in this particular track, it just immediately transports me back to that magical evening at the Albert Hall. Awesome. That's awesome. So what do you think about it? I could see that you didn't like that track at all. Yeah, you know. It's okay. <laughs> it's awesome, man. It's awesome. Of course, I knew for the moment we decided, you know, this was going to be next. Well, we didn't decide it was the next movie. But I knew. I was like, wait, who's lead? It's Alan. Damn it. <laughs> He's going to get track 25. <laughs> yeah, that was He's the getting... first one that went in the script. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, He's getting track 25. Like you said, it's the whole build of the movie gets to that moment. And the music just is the icing on the cake. And it's so good. And it's so full of Bond deliciousness that it's it's just wonderful it just it's the kind of thing that just makes you hungry for that next movie like all right he's bond now he's gonna get some missions he's gonna save the world that part didn't work out but (laughs) but it's a great great ending probably maybe the best in the best ending to a james bond movie maybe ever because you're so you're so pumped for what's next you didn't walk out thinking great he's gonna go save the water in bolivia no, no, no. I, that's, that's not where I thought we were headed. But hey, yeah, I thought he's going to go rogue for the rest of his life. <laughs> oh, so it was definitely a great ending, though. It was indeed. So, with that, I'm going to tie Jared down and uh, make sure that he uh, delivers his uh, three picks. So, uh, over to you, Jared. Yeah, I'm not sure why Alan asked me to strip naked and sit in this bottomless chair. But what the heck, I'm game. Oh, well, Alan looks around the studio for. What I can only assume is a knotted rope. I will reveal my three picks. This is just nuts, Alan. <laughs> oh, here it's we good go. This isn't video, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Thank God it's a podcast. Oh, well, I don't want to leave our listeners just hanging there, so I'll get started. All right. Well, enough of these puns. Let's get into my pick number one off the soundtrack of what, you know, Alan left for me to have. I'm going with track number 10. It's called Aston Montenegro. It is a very simple 60-second lush orchestration of the main theme. Alan and I have been talking about how the main theme gets woven in and out and in and out. And I just really like this version. Again, just 60 seconds. Let's give it a listen.
that has to be the shortest music cue I think we've done on the show, isn't it? Mm, it could be, but I think it perfectly illustrates why having your composer involved with your theme song is important. You said it's very lush. It really evokes place. It's, I think it's one of the few music cues that evokes a place without incorporating the local music. Like yeah. we talked last time about how the Cuban music really evokes, or the Latin rhythms really evoke the sense of Cuba. I think, I don't know, this one just evokes, for me, the countryside around Montenegro or wherever it's meant to be. I know it's not actually there, but it sort of evokes that mid-east european flavor i think yeah absolutely yeah well i'm gonna do you a favor for my next track it's also short it's under two minutes it's track 11 it's called dinner jackets and the reason i selected it is right around the one minute mark about halfway through we get a very nice little hint of the bond theme melded with the casino royale theme so let's give a listen to that smooth was that well you know there are dinner jackets and there are dinner jackets and that was a dinner jacket yeah i i like this as we talked about earlier you know they made that decision not to put in the full bond thing until the very end till the you know track 25 on the cd but you get those little hints when craig does something that sort of starts building that jigsaw of him becoming bond and obviously getting the dinner jacket is part of that i think they just did a beautiful job of just weaving that little hint foundation of the Bond theme in there with the Casino Royale theme. I think it's really cool. And it's a great scene too. Good one. So the next one's going to be, uh, what, one minute, 40 seconds? Yeah, it, they are increasing in size exponentially. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is track eight. It is called Miami International, and it is to make up for the last tracks I gave you, which were exceptionally short. This track is a track that tells a story. It's almost 13 minutes long and weaves in just about everything 
And I mean everything that is 007. So I'm going to spin this. You've got 13 minutes to do what you want. You know, go make yourself a sandwich while you listen. Whatever you like. 13 minutes of just absolutely telling a story. You could make your own James Bond story in your head to this track. And I encourage you to do so. Let's go.
So I was listening to this before we went on air, before you and I dialed in and stuff. I was going through the tracks. Partway through this, I started doing something else on the computer and zoned out. And I sort of went back and looked at the time track. And it was around the seven-minute mark. And I'm like, I was with this to begin with. And around seven minutes, I just zoned out and started (laughs) doing something else. It is Uh, demanding. (laughs) Yeah. And I can't think of any particular reason why. I think it just became, to use one of my favorite phrases I haven't used in quite a while, wallpaper music. And you know I love music that tells a story, but I don't know why it just didn't hook me. I think maybe it's just too long as a single music cue. You know, the whole Miami airport stuff is a fairly fast-cut sequence. It doesn't really linger on one thing any long time. And I felt the, the cue in isolation felt like it was lingering. As I said, I sort of, you know, mentally just drifted away from it. So, yeah, it was there to begin with, but I don't know. It just didn't, just didn't hold my attention. I would have to say, I mean, I like the track. Obviously, I do because I picked it because it does tell so much of a story. But you're right. At 13 minutes, it's a demanding track, as our listeners now know. <laughs> Unless they were sitting there hitting that 30-second skip button, which they may have. But, yeah, it's a demanding track. It certainly is. And it does play better with the visuals. I will give you that. But I still like it, and I stand by it. As my third and final track, sir. So let us know on Twitter if you got past the 7 minutes, 38 second mark, because if you did, you got further than I did. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll give a prize for whoever gets, goes the furthest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've uh, picked our six of the best. It's now time for our bonus track. Trying to find a bonus track for this one was quite tricky. To be honest, virtually everything I found was people just doing straight rock and roll versions of the theme song. Eventually, I came across this version, which I I hope you'll like. It's a really low-key piano and voice rendition by a duo who go by a band has no name. I know nothing about them. They have a grand total of two videos on their YouTube channel, of which this is one. Their About Us tab on their YouTube channel has no information. It's blank. I tried Googling them. I got nothing. So I literally, I don't know their names. I don't know where they're from. I don't know literally zero about them. The only thing I know is I really like this very different version of You Know My Name. So let's have a listen, uh, Jared, and then uh, let's get your thoughts. If you take a life, do you know what you'll give? Odds are you won't like what it is When the storm arrives, would you be seen with me By the merciless eyes of disease I've seen angels fall from blinding heights But you, you are nothing so divine just next in line arm yourself because no one else will save you the odds will betray you and I will replace you you can't deny the prize it may never fulfill you it longs to kill you 
are you willing to die? The coldest blood runs through my veins. You know my name. If you come inside, things will not be the same. When you return to the night, and if you think you won, you never saw me change. The game that we all been playing, I've seen diamonds caught through harder men than you yourself. But if you must pretend, you may meet your end. Arm yourself because no one else here will save you. The odds will betray you, and I will replace you. You can't deny the price. Kill you? Are you willing to die? The coldest blood runs through my veins. Try to hide your hands. Forget how to feel. Life is gone with just a spin of the wheel. Arm yourself because. So if you recognize that, if you know who these guys are, where they're from or anything about them, please let me know because I'd love to find out anything else that they've done. Um, and this is a lesson for anybody who does creative work and puts it out on the internet. Put information about who you are, what you do, and where people can get a hold of you because I am so frustrated with these guys because I really love this and I would like to listen to more of their work rather than two songs. So... <laughs> Apologies to the guys from a band has no name, but please, I want to hear your stuff. <laughs> All right. I'll get off my soapbox now. Jared, what do you think of this? I love it. First of all, by the merciless eyes of deceit. I never understood that lyric when Chris Cornell sang it, and now I know it's what he said. <laughs> so thank you. It is so unique, so smooth, so clear. I liked it so much that I did something I never do. And I shared it with the rogue agents and our text group. I said, Hey, check out our bonus track from this upcoming episode. I think you'll like it. And they all loved it too. Sometimes simple is good. It is a beautiful simplicity version of the song. 
It is. That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah, it's as you said, it's clear, it's simple. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's great. So as I mentioned, most everybody else who's done cover versions has pretty much done some straight rock versions. Uh, but there are some interesting live performances out there as well, plus a couple of good acoustic versions. So I pulled them together in our usual playlist, which you can find on YouTube, and we'll have the link in the show notes below for those of you who actually go look at show notes below. There is one thing that I really did notice for some obscure reason. You know, my name seems to be a really popular choice on East European talent shows. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> do you want to look at the uh, Lithuanian version of Idol or um, Lithuanian or yeah. <laughs> The X Factor, whatever that is in, in Lithuania. Um, sorry, I'm picking on Lithuania. But I, I, I don't know why, but I, I found Russian versions. I found Czechoslovak versions. I, I don't know. Virtually every East European nation you can mention, there seems to be a talent show where somebody is singing a version of You Know My Name, and I have no idea why. So if you want to brush up on your East European pop culture, just search for You Know My Name. So we have a few. I didn't put them all in the playlist, but there's a few of them in the playlist. So. You can check those out on YouTube. And that's going to bring it in to this episode of Bob Music 6 of the Best. We still love you, Lithuania, so don't ever leave us. <laughs> if you've got a question or a comment, you can email us at ohmspod at outlook.com or comment on our Twitter, which is at ohmspod. And don't forget to subscribe to Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And if you'd like to leave a rating or review, that'd be great, too. And Alan, we did recently pick up a five-star review over on iTunes. Woohoo! Um, yeah, from Bond in Maryland. W6N, 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 calling G7W. How do you hear me? Over. And it reads, an awesome series on the soundtracks. Hey, Alan, that's us. <laughs> said gave me a new appreciation for the music of bond i still say sam smith's song was fantastic apparently i'm on an island all alone i don't want to reveal my true thoughts until we i was gonna but... say just just stay tuned stay i think tuned. you may be slightly surprised when we get to that discussion i don't think he's gonna be surprised <laughs> <laughs> uh we'll see we'll see you know what though i'm just glad that you're passionate about the music of bond whether you Agree with our likes or dislikes. It doesn't matter as long as we're all having fun in the music of Bond. And we appreciate your feedback. Yeah, that was great. Thank you. If you'd like to chat with us personally on social media, I can be found at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. What about you, Alan? So for Bond stuff, you can find me on Twitter at Bond Lexicon and on Tumblr and Instagram at James Bond Lexicon. And you can email me at Alan at JamesBondLexicon.com. And over on the jamesbondlexicon.online website, you can check out the 007 mission sections, which covers all the Eon movies with plot summaries and links to the related movie reviews, rookie agents, as well as the soundtrack review shows that we mentioned earlier on when we were talking about the 100 episodes. So again, that's jamesbondlexicon.online. And as always, uh, just before we leave, we'll pass the bat on to uh, White Rocket founder and OHMS pod co-host, who apparently I get mixed up with, Jared. So over to Van Allen Plexico um, to thank our generous patrons who support all our White Rocket endeavors. So just go to www.plexico.net, P-L-E-X-I-C-O.net, or you can just go to patreon.com and search for White Rocket and join up 
And it's for as little as a dollar a month, you get to be part of the show. And we send out, we, I post things occasionally on the Patreon page of interest. And you get previews, you get special deals, special offers, and discounts on things that we do. And you sometimes get shows before the, uh, the regular audience does. Here are the fine folks who are currently keeping our programs on the air that we owe everything to. Samuel Salvatore and Bart Lindsay, uh, Bradley Blackman, Brian Gray, Chris Usher, Gary Grant, Logan Chilton, Phil Amthor, Richard Stevens, Steve Trawick, Susan Trawick, Tom Anderson, Willie Carden, Ann Kanjian, A.U. Falling Up, Ben Bloodsworth, Clay Henson, Dan Thompson, Daniel Odom, David Evers, David Hegler, Emmanuel Seaman, George Gaston, Jacob and Robin Fleming, James Greenwell, Joel Beckham, John Otsuki, Catherine England, Kevin Smith, Mickey B, Phil Davis, Preston Settle, Reynolds Wolf, Rich Reimer, Steve Harlan, Timothy, WDE Richie, Wes Atkinson, William Morgan, Wilson Beard, Winston Body, Alex Wynn, Blake Heron, Boris the Tiger, Cato the Barner, Chris Hilton, Chris Thrash, Colby Butler, Danny Flack, Plus, Darris Benton, David Simpson, Di Bama, Earl Ricks, Eric Mahan, Hugh Anderson, Josh Teal, Kevin Kenoy, Kevin Mahan, Lane Middleton, Mike Finley, Papa Todd, Randall Walker, Rob Morgan, Ross, Russell Milling, Shannon Butson, Sarah Hines, Shane Bailey, Snowdog, Stephen Houston, Tim Pittman, Todd Gray, Tony Perry, Auburn Elvis, Ben Amos, Brandon Sisson, Brandon Smith, Chris Camo, Darren Pyle, David Smiley, Donnie Reynolds, Plus, Ivor Evans, James Taylor, Jason Albrick, John Stubbs, John Zavachin, Joey Miller, Joseph Iliff, Justin Bean, Lawrence Kane, Mark Squire, Matthew Flowers, Mick Vigicana, Nicholas Craig, Patrick Williams, Paul Bankson, Robert Drain, Robert O. Sammons, Russell Souther, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, that's the truth, Ruth, Spanky, Stephen Thompson, Trevor Johnson, Kenneth Brent Rains, Brent Rumble, and Chris Plus, our one-time and anonymous donors, we thank you all so much. Go to www.plexico.net or just go to www.patreon.com and sign up and join the family. Thanks for joining us for this episode. This episode's tracks are from the original Casino Royale soundtrack CD, or at least mine were. As always, we'd like to remind you to legally purchase your Bond music via official download channels or via CD or vinyl. Stop making me laugh, Jared. Please support the Bond creative community. We will be back next time, tracking down the water in Bolivia with six of the best as we extract a quantum of solace. See you then. Bye. Everything looks good. I'm sure we'll find out what's broken soon. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you've totally thrown me now. I, w- I won't even start, Alan. We'll just, pretend, we'll just pretend we listen to the whole thing. You could go ahead from there. What makes this the worst is because I'm a Bond completionist, I had to literally go out and buy the CD single of that Sam Smith song. <laughs>
<laughs> and I hated myself for it. <laughs> Did you ask for it under plain brown cover? Can you use it under the counter? <laughs> under the counter. Exactly. Just put it in a bag and slip it around under the counter. Yeah. <laughs>